All right, buddy. I know that we have a lot to to cover. There's a lot of there's a lot of ground, a lot of topics. There's a tournament. There was a patch. There's like things that we haven't gotten to yet. But um, I got something that I want to share with you, and I need to selfishly take up the top of the show. I think I do that anyways. Yes. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Tell me. Regale us with a tale. So I, <laughs> I've known about this for about seventy two hours, and. I've wanted to do the podcast so bad just because I've wanted to talk to you about it and wanted and haven't been able to tell you yet. Um, so I found out you're no longer a virgin. What? That's 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 <laughs> that's not true. But not for the reason that the you're joke still is still a virgin. No, wait. Oh um, no, Joe. <laughs> what? What really defines? You know, I think incels have a bad rap. Um, I don't like this bit anymore. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna power through it. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, but uh, no. Uh, uh, speaking of um sex, uh, I found out that uh my grandfather isn't my grandfather, like by blood and dna just just this week just this week i found out, <laughs> I found out that wait whoa, 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 whoa i okay maybe i'm a bad friend here but didn't you already tell me something about Wait, I don't remember this. <laughs> let me let me tell you what I think you might know, and then I'll backtrack because yeah. I don't know if I've said this on the show. Um, my mother was not raised by her parents, and no, okay. and no one really knew why because it was never explained to us. But I think I have a pretty good idea why now. Um, I think I have a pretty good idea okay. why. So uh, about. <sighs> Six years ago, I took a 23andMe, uh, and I saw my my DNA results, and uh, it looked odd because I was surprised at the amount of uh, indigenous uh, American that was in me, particularly indigenous Mexican. Uh, I was like nine percent, uh, and my mom took a 23andMe, and it had more than that. And I'm like, well, that's weird. That must mean that like Grandpa has like some family history that we just don't know about, like somewhere in the tree, right? And I mm-hmm. just, I just wrote it off. But <laughs> last week, my sister took a uh, an ancestry.com test which is different than 23andme and i these are not advertisements they want to pay us we need way more money um she took an ancestry.com test and my mom also took one with her because she wanted to see if there was any difference in the results from 23andme and ancestry and also her brother uh took an ancestry test about five years ago just on a whim for fun right um Mm -hmm. so she didn't have any family in 23andme aside from myself uh but but she has family who've taken ancestry.com tests and we get the results back and i'm looking at them and i'm going i don't think something something adds up here because when you are siblings you share 50 percent of your dna that's when you have the same parents you share about 50 percent of your dna similar with um same with your same with a parent um mm. when when you only share one parent you have 25 percent of the same dna as your sibling and uh-huh. and my mom and her brother only share 23 percent of their dna and my 
uncle has none of the indigenous uh, Mexican Spanish that my mom has. Uh-huh. Ergo, I'm looking at this and I'm like, I I took a biology class. I think I know how this works. Uh, I don't think this is like a mistake or an outlier. Mom, I think that you have a, a different dad. And she's like, well, you know, that probably checks out. And I'm like, what? <laughs> she's like, oh, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> Like th- 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 this might explain some some long-standing five-decade-old half-century family secret as why she was raised by her grandparents, why mm. it seems like the family unit wasn't that sturdy, why all of her baby pictures make her look honestly much more ethnic than her parents, um, mm. and 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 it just kind of solves for a lot of a lot of questions. So so that's interesting from from her standpoint it's interesting from my standpoint because i'm like wait a second tori my sister like we don't know who our grandfather is and furthermore furthermore i i found out that i'm a quarter mexican i had no idea i i I had literally no idea um so this week is wait wait, wait. why can i ask ask all the questions all the questions go for it Okay, you did not realize that you were a quarter Mexican, but what what are your other ancestors? Because you are not a pale individual. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like that maybe that should have been a tip off somewhere. Uh, I'm, well, a, a lot of it is. Um... From from my mom's side, the 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 strongest majority is is Southern Italian and Sicilian, and generally mm. that that skin tone skews into a bit like a more olive. Yeah, um, olive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So so I I always chalked it up to that, right? Um, which, yeah, but you've got you've got reddish. You've well, got reddish tone. <laughs> well, right now, I mean, I should change. Anybody who's watching the video and trying to suss out, like, my light is orange on me. Like, this is white. Sure, that's, sure. a, that, that's a different color. Yeah. Like, but I, if anything, that only sometimes it makes the, the red more apparent. Oh, yeah. Um, you, you and I have some reddish tones. I also have reddish tones. But I also know that, <laughs> that my ancestors are Native American. So, yeah. So... I, I've never thought about it much. Like, even when I got my 23andMe test years ago, like, I just chalked it up to, like, there's something that we don't know, like, it's whatever. But I never thought that my grandmother had children with two different people at, like, the age of, like, 19-ish. I'm like, I have so many questions for, for her. What the fuck was she doing? <laughs> I mean, obviously, she was getting around a little bit, but, like, wh- what? <laughs> what? Okay, so... Are your grandfather and grandmother still together? Yes, and they and they have been for my entire oh. life, and they're both still alive. Okay. And I don't know where this goes from here because, mm. like, it's not really my place. It's more of my mother's place if she ever wants to really like be v- confrontational about it. But I have a lot of questions, and I think I know the answer to them. But I used to have questions, like. Why did this need to be kept a secret for my mom's entire life? How many people well, know? Uh, 
why why are you still lying about it is is my real grandfather actually alive not that it really matters but like i i have i have i just have questions so uh when you say your your mother was raised by her grandparents correct was your uncle also raised no by the grandparents he was raised what's the what's the age difference there three years Okay. Okay. So wait, they were separated. Basically, yes. My mom was raised by her grandparents, and my uncle was raised by uh, his his biological parents, of which mm. my her and my him and my mother share the mom, but it's the dad that's different. I see. But no one's ever talked about this. That that is quite the uh, that is quite the family family secret. Yeah, but, uh, like. Do you just keep, do you just, like, I, I feel like it's going to be hard to just pretend, like, for the rest of their lives, I don't know. Like, I feel like there's going to be a point in time where I'm going to be like, yo, grandma, why condoms existed? <laughs> they're they're going to see, they're going to see you and you're going to be looking between your grandpa and your grandma, <laughs> just kind of like looking between the two. See, now, they, when, looking at your own skin, looking at her. Looking at him. When when I took my original 23andMe test, I told them, let me buy one for you. Uh, and they refused. Mm. They absolutely mm. refused. And that also yeah. makes sense now. <laughs> like, I feel like there's so like, many... Oh no, they're going to crack the case. Technology has taken us too far. This is a cold case cracked. <laughs> and then, like, I, I have empathy for them because I, I can't imagine what it's like to keep that secret for so long. Because it has yeah. to have, like, almost come up a number of times, especially when we took the DNA test the original set of times. Where it's like, hey, mom, where did you get all that indigenous American from? It's like, <laughs> they're like, oh, those things must be, like, bad or wrong. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Anywho, so so I basically I learned that I'm a quarter Mexican and have family on that side that are like tracked through 23andMe this week, and I never knew that. And it doesn't really change anything in my life, I don't think. But but, but it, it's wild to think that I could have come this far and not known that. So uh, we actually have a somewhat similar story, though I have always known this uh my my father was abandoned uh and so by my grandfather and so he was raised by uh my grandmother single mother um and so i i've always known that my grandfather is not my biological grandfather on my dad's side um but uh, I do know that my biological grandfather died when I was like real young, um, and apparently, yeah, he just he just kind of like fucked off, abandoned my uh, abandoned my dad and the family, and uh, and then apparently died uh, broke in a gutter somewhere. <laughs> that's he was a, a drunk and a gambler and abandoned his family, and that's how he died. Oh, your dad made it out okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's uh. So and and he he is actually where and is are we supposed to say Indigenous American or Native American? 
I was saying I was saying that what it says on the 23 and me or the ancestry is indigenous American so I was just like reading it verbatim I don't actually know the okay. proper politics okay. so there's nothing wrong with me saying Native American I don't think so, so. So, but that is where my, uh, the Native American side, because my mom's side, it's all, um, it's all like Irish. So. <laughs> yeah, my, my, mine's similar, but reversed. My dad is like basically a hundred percent French German. Like mm. his, his ancestry breakdown, like the pie chart is basically all one color. It's like you're German, you're French-ish. <laughs> and, and my mom's looks like a rainbow. Because it's yeah. like it's the, there, there's like traces from Africa and a lot of South America and, and like like Mexico and Spain and everything and it's like so so I most of my diversity is really coming from her who has a lot more that she doesn't know about also like she can't go to the doctor and say in good faith like I don't know if my dad had cancer um, like it's, it's, it's wild um, so uh, okay so I I have wanted to take one of those but uh, don't don't they have um... Don't they like sell your information? Isn't it, isn't it kind of a, a scummy business? Uh, so so you can opt in or opt out. I believe it's oh. I believe it's opt out of having your information shared, okay. Bo- both publicly and also like to research companies. Right. So so you can choose to like have your ancestry be available to the public but not share your DNA data with researchers or vice versa or either or both. Gotcha. I just heard that a a, a number of years ago. So I uh I was just like, Oh, I guess that would be nice to do, but I never went out of my way to do it simply because of that fact. They oftentimes have them on sale, like around like Mother's Day and Father's Day and the holidays, and it's like fifty dollars. And I understand people who are like, I don't know, or need to know, or care, whatever. I find it super interesting, especially the ones that like will tell you like uh, any any recessive genes you have that could be problematic for baby making. Um, mm, not that I'm worried yeah, about yeah. that either, but like it's, it's just <laughs> I I I I am totally open and okay both with knowing that type of like personal biological data and all. Also, I, I don't mind sharing it if, if they if they sell my info and then it helps like some database know more about humans like whatever I'm not too worried about the government or Skynet or something um, but, but yes yeah, well, so should be <laughs> <laughs> but your opinions are super valid if you don't want to share it I understand both sides I don't care that much I just heard, I, I when I had heard that I I have a feeling that the, that is something that they probably changed this whole opt-out situation Mm-hmm. And that it used to be just you signed up and they didn't say anything about selling your information and then went and did that. So. Or it's in the middle of a big NDA and like you don't really, yeah, you, know, yeah. you don't read it. So it's whatever. Anywho, that's my week. Um, you've had an interesting week, but not because uh, I think your grandma had infidelity issues or you found out about a different... <laughs> You found out more about about your genetic makeup uh, because you came back from Dubai. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait! I've actually got one more, one more, one oh. more thing. Um, oh shit! Okay, okay. I'm sorry. My my family actually has. Well, I just literally just thought of this. My mom's side that I that I said was all Irish. Um, they actually had a. They I'm sure they do still have it. They have a family ancestry book that actually goes back, um, surprisingly far. Um, and I know one of my like great 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 uncles or something. His name was. Ignatius Aloysius Anderzeek. 
<laughs> wow, that is. They don't Ooh, name kids that anymore. What kind of name was that? Like, like even back then, I have to imagine other kids were like, "What the fuck is wrong with your name? Like, that's not normal. <laughs> I don't care what kind of time or culture it is. Like, what the fuck? I remember this." This I discovered this like fucking 15 or 20 years ago and I still remember it because like how the fuck am I ever going to forget that name? It, like Ignatius Aloysius Anderzeek. Oh my god. That guy was probably a character and a half. Jesus. <laughs> Anderzeek. Every one of those names is very strong. <laughs> I remember I was I remember thinking I was disappointed that his last name was Anderzeek. Because, like, a name like Ignatius Aloysius, you naturally want to have another ush at the end, you know? <laughs> and instead, it's Anderzeek. Like, what the fuck? Having that book has to be kind of cool. I, I imagine that there's probably, I mean, I, 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 that information, like, impacts more than just, like, your tree, right? Like, that, like that's, I, I wish there was more public ancestry information, almost. Because uh, yeah, it seems yeah, like we're yeah, doing yeah. so much work to like collectively piece it back together, um, yeah. I, I've I, I contacted a couple people on on my biological grandfather's side who had twenty three oh, really? accounts. Yeah, I said, "Hey, this is wild. Uh, just wanted to say hi. Also, have a couple questions if you don't mind me asking." <laughs> so, uh, so I'll report back if I if I ever uh, find out his his uh, alive status. Okay, or and his if name. you find out he's alive, and let's just say he happens to be within driving, reasonable driving distance, like less than a day of travel, would you go see him? Um, I don't know. Mm. I, 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 I think that the fact that I don't have a strong feeling of no means that it probably edges closer to the yes I feel like when you know the answer... Yes, my answer would be no immediately. Like, yeah, I, like, exactly. If my grandfather was still alive, I know I wouldn't go out of my way to see him. I'd be like, what the, nothing about my life is going to change by seeing him. I would be more interested in like in like seeing a picture than anything else, honestly. Like like that 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 is the yeah, one thing yeah, that I yeah, that sure. I would be way more interested in. But 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 I yeah. wouldn't instantly say no. Uh, uh, honestly, it would probably depend on like my mom's consent and what she would be interested in. Mm. I I, w I would probably follow her lead there because it's it's way more impactful for her than me. It's her dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a bit. Well, that that was uh that was very interesting. But <laughs> yes, I am back from uh, Dubai. I uh I went to the United Arab Emirates in du and uh, went to Dubai and casted a tournament there. And it Cast was good. it a lot. I, every time I tuned yeah. in, I feel like I heard you. Hell yeah. I got to cast. I only had to panel like once or twice. It was amazing. I only had to host once, and I think I only paneled like once or twice. I, pan I think I paneled the lower bracket finals and then some other game. So it was great. I had a great time casting. I very much enjoyed that. I got to cast with No Tail, two-time TI winner. That was fun. Um... He is an incredibly difficult person to cast with, uh, and I and I mean that in like a good way. It's like when Dota players call other Dota players annoying. It sounds negative, but they mean it in a positive way. 
he is and he is incredibly hard to coat cast with because i mean first of all he's just a ball of fucking energy right so you like wherever he goes in excitement you have to follow him right so i no longer am dictating the energy of the cast for the most part that that is mostly him that is dictating it and I feel like as a play-by-play, you should probably always be at or ahead of your co-caster in that regard. It's kind mm-hmm. of weird if you're not. Um, and he also is constantly delivering large amounts of dense information, which I have to parse, you know, think about in my head and then uh, be able to like further explain to the audience or I need to be able to come up with a response of some kind, maybe a follow-up question, um, whatever it is. It just, it just means that that casting with him is not very relaxing, um, which is good. I mean, it, it put me on like, you know, like it, it made me like really concentrate and focus on the cast and stuff. So, you were doing a lot of interpreting, is is what it felt like to me, and and especially in in the grand finals when Kuro was there too, it it, it felt like, um, you had to evolve a little bit to to be more of a facilitator than anything else. Yeah, and um, I I think that's the sometimes it's a little hard to do. So that like I feel like that's relatively natural for me, considering my casting partners um have all been pretty high level, um. But this is obviously even higher level. Um, but they also they don't they aren't natural casters, so they don't just give you a piece of information. They give you an essay on Dota. Uh, so that essay's longer than the normal co-caster like bit that they're gonna give you. It's it's longer, denser. There's more information there, uh, and there's less space for me to work with. Which I, I have no problem with. Uh, like I'm always, I always tell my co-casters, "Do you want me to talk more? Or do you want me to talk less?" You know, that's like one of the first things I'll ever ask them. After one cast, I'll be like, "More or less? Which one do you want?" Um, so I'm always happy to like accommodate them. Um, but in order to translate that sort of stuff, I do need like a bit of time, uh, and a bit of back and forth. So it seemed like did you have a harder time in the grand finals because i noticed a couple times and this is like super subtle nitpicky that like you were starting to go and they weren't done <laughs> like like yeah when, I, like when that happens to sorry when, when that happens to you that just happened right now um <laughs> how, how how pleasantly ironic um when that when that happens does it help to be standing next to them and you can kind of like look at them or are you still focusing on the game and just kind of working off your ears um, I, I kind of both. Like, I, I do look at my co-casters. Um, some co-casters look a lot more. Um, somebody like really intently looks at you when they're casting. I don't remember who it is. I feel like it's probably. I think it might be SVG. Did I ever cast with SVG? Anyway, so somebody I've ca- casted with that was a former pro player looks at you a lot when they're casting uh and because like that's sort of my nature to be accommodating it i actually pulled me out of looking at the game as much because i didn't want them to just be looking at me and feel like i wasn't you know because if you think about it if you think about the way the conversation works in in commentating it's not very natural because how many times are you are you talking to somebody and not looking at them Uh, like for long periods of time right yeah 
Not really. It's like it, you, normally if you're a person to person, like you're going to look at the because that's part of communication is being able to read like their their facial tics and responses and the emotions that come up. Right. So it, it, it is a little unnatural not to be looking at. So, so I didn't want them to feel like bad about the fact that I wouldn't look at them while they're talking <laughs> to me. It just, but it just meant that I was looking at the game less uh, because I could feel them looking at me all the time. Uh, shit, I hope I remember who that was because it, it was it was such a weird feeling. Because if you get like a regular commentating uh, person, mm-hmm. will naturally just like focus on the game and just like talk and just expect the person to listen. But whenever you cast with somebody who is not uh, a natural commentator who doesn't like already do it, there are certain differences, and and that is one of them. Another one of them is is the just the spacing. Um, so yeah, the finals, it means I did have to jump in more. I still read comments about like how, like I didn't talk very much. Um, and, and like how, like I was shut out of the cast or something like that, um, as a negative, which I, I personally felt like it was a positive. I felt like unless there was action happening, I would want to talk as little as possible. The only reason sometimes that I, I wanted to jump in uh was either that like i felt like i could facilitate a point to the audience a little bit better or that like i had a follow-up question which if i have a follow-up question probably means the audience has a follow-up question um or like i would ask or i'd be like like make a comparison or something basically something that like is it like this and then you know they would be able to say or they say something like this matchup is easy and and, you know, and they'll just say that and keep moving because they're used to people knowing what they're talking about. And so I need to be able to jump in. I'm like, do you mean because of this or, and like, it, it almost doesn't matter what I say. Is this matchup good because the spell, and it doesn't matter what I say, wrong or right, they're gonna respond and go further into detail. And it feels more natural. It feels a little bit more natural than me going, can you explain that? Can can you can you tell? It's like I'm a therapist at that point in time. Can we delve in a little deeper there? Yeah, I think. I, oh, let's focus on that point. Shall, you know, it's a little bit more natural if I offer something myself. So, the uh, I, I feel like if you're in a position between, so so you're on that desk with those people who have won uh, three out of ten internationals collectively, and you're just there i i think that you know your job is also in four different grand finals wait no wait five five because kuroki was they they actually made in those two have been in half of all the grand finals of ti yes holy fuck so when you're in that position i feel like you should if you're gonna pick either too much or too little to contribute you choose too little because those people and that pairing is is kind of what people are interested in the novelty of. So, like, if that means you take a step back, like, the, the criticism of, like, oh, man, I wish Cap was, like, a little more involved. It's like, wait a second, how many times have you heard no to, like, Kuroki cast the Grand Finals together? Let, let, let them try and have a moment, even if it's not the technically the best casting you've ever heard. There's a novelty to that, which, which I think is important. Yeah. I, no, I totally agree. I think that's um. I, I think a better version of that point was actually the very first time that No Tail casted was casting OG, um, and he did this bias cast right where he was actively cheering for OG, 
Um, and I kind of uh, let that go. Um, I didn't really fight against that too much at all because, yeah, the novelty factor. Like, it, it, like the I saw so many complaints about it. It was very polarizing cast. That's um, great. And yeah, that, and that's what I that, that's what I told Kyle. I said it's it's good um, because it's a first of all, it's a group stage game. You know, like it's not the playoffs. Yeah. Like people, man, the the people really just lose all context when there is something that they don't immediately like. People lose all context in that regard. It's a group stage game. Like, yeah, let let a, a, an experimental cast go out. You know, like it's it's not that big of a deal. Uh, this is no talent cast. He's not going to cast every single OG game. He's and, you know, he's casting his own team. He's doing his mm -hmm. own professional cast for the first time, right? He did panel for TI, and he did some casting for Summit, but this is the first time he was hired as a commentator uh, and got to do it. You know, just, like, have some fun with it. <laughs> like, the fact that people couldn't appreciate the fun side of uh and some people and again it was very polarizing there were some people who really fucking loved it but there you know the the people who were just like this is terrible and stuff like can you just get out of your own skin for a second and, like just appreciate like what's going on here a two-time ti winner is is casting a game and he's actively cheering for he's he also owns the team that is casting right now and he's going to be biased and he's going to cheer for his team you know like yes it's gonna be a biased cast. <laughs> just let it be. You know, it's something new. Just, just appreciate it for what it is. I'm know? such a strong believer in the idea that that you know, um, polarizing things are the best things, and and apathy is really the true enemy. Um, yeah. A, a, across entertainment and broader. Um, so the fact that there were people who were hating on it and like felt really like some way about it only confirms to me that it was successful even more. Like that's proof positive. If people weren't talking about it, then I'd be like, yeah, maybe no till isn't like, you know, that good at the thing, but shockingly enough, he's pretty good at doing the thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, and I think we did. <clears throat> so that happened the first time, um, and I just kind of let him go hog wild. I feel like in in some ways I actually like almost encouraged him to keep going down that route. Mm -hmm. um, but then I believe we casted a game in the playoffs where he casted OG again. Um, this time I think it was OG versus Nigma. And that time around, I pushed against him a little bit more. There was like this line of like, you know, no tail, your team, what happened? It helped that OG also lost compared to the game that OG played that we casted, which uh, I think they won. Mm -hmm. I think it was versus secret. I might be wrong about that, but um, you know, so, but that, that one I pushed back a little, a little bit more against um, because you know, the, the novelty was gone at that point in time, right? The, the first time around, you let him do whatever you want. The second time around, you try and create more of a even cast, even if he's going to be super biased. Mm -hmm. But the funniest fucking thing, the funniest fucking thing, was how mad No-Tail got reading the, the comments of Redditors who complained about the bias casting. Now, obviously, he knew he was being biased. Yeah. But the fact that uh, that Redditors went over the top 
and how biased he was and said like, oh, he wouldn't say anything nice about Secret. And and No Tail would get bad about that and be like, I said this, 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 and this about Secret. You know, like I, I said Secret's one of the best. Like, <laughs> and he would get mad about that. And I'm just sitting there fucking laughing because it's like, I tell No Tail, I was like, all right, now take this little emotion. You know you were being biased, but you're mad that people... Uh, are are calling you more biased than you actually were. They're exaggerating how one-sided the the cast was, which it was very one-sided. But he did say some nice things about Secret, and he did point out there's ways for them to win and such. And I was just, now just imagine that you tried to do an unbiased commentary, <laughs> and you had people calling you out, calling you were biased. In fact, some of them call you biased for either side. You get one comment that says you were biased towards one team, another comment that says you were biased towards the end. Now imagine how fucking irritating it is. Someone called BSJ up. <laughs> so, so, someone be like, hey, Brian. Like, holy fuck. So it was so fucking funny. It was so cathartic to watch the two-time TI winner get riled up because some fucking Reddit comments called him more biased than maybe he was or something. <laughs> it was fucking hilarious. But uh, Speaking uh, about... yeah. Being uh, speaking about being riled up in Reddit comments, uh, I opened a Reddit thread and I think that you typed a thesis paper to someone. Uh, and, I lost it. And 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 then it. and then I closed it and I genuinely didn't even read what you wrote. I just thought to myself, "Cat might be overreacting here." <laughs> and now I'm asking. No, no, I wasn't no. overreacting. No. Well, well, what's up with that? Incorrect. Incorrect. <laughs> Okay, so uh, so I did I did the the grand finals um, with Kuro and No Tail. The first bit was uh, me and No Tail. Then game two and three were Kuro, No Tail, and Sumail. Um, and those casts were a little off balance because No Tail takes up a lot of space, um, and Sumail. I mean, like people wanted Sumail to speak up more, but like just just imagine you're Sumail. And you're sitting there with a TI winning captain and a two-time TI winning captain. Um, legends of the game who have, like, so much to say. And obviously, Samel has, like, great things to say as well. But, like, are you really going to barge in and and be like, oh, now it's my turn to say things. You know, like, Sumail's, no tail's already yeah. talking 75%. You know? Sumail's personality is also just really subdued, right? Like, yeah. versus no tail. And, like, you know, part of the reason why people like no tail is because he is so boisterous, right? That, that mm. That's not fake. So when you, when you get a cast with someone who is, like, painfully extroverted and loud and okay talking and then two people who are just you know more passive in different degrees then like of course sumail says less stuff yeah yeah exactly plus no, no tail had the um responsibility of play-by-play so he's trying to get into his analysis and then action happens and so he keeps talking whereas like the natural division of play-by-play -play and, and co-caster color commentators usually the color commentator provides analysis and the play-by-play -play, maybe he provides some analysis but he mostly focuses on directing conversation and calling the fights so there's a more natural division there's no tails talking 75 percent of the time because he's doing double duty right so um yeah so th those casts were a little off balance but it was still good it was still interesting um and then uh they put me in for game four and five um i think part of it was the fact that game four could have been the final game um so you know 
Obviously, you probably want an experienced commentator to close out the tournament because you don't. You're gonna have the hey, congratulations boom moment, you know, <laughs> whatever that is. So, um, and then also just to like, you know, okay, we we did we did the experiment with Samael. It was um, it was good, like it was fun. But let's go ahead and and change it up. Put a play by play caster in there um, that'll hopefully make things more even. And I think it did. Um, Don't Tell was able to have a lot more one on one conversation with Kuro, which I think naturally divides up the space a bit more. But what were you mad about? Because what, 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 what was the genesis uh, what of people I, being upset? What am I not mad about? Okay, so I, I finished up, up a lot that, of things. <laughs> I finished up that that uh, grand final, and I think it was um, I think it was pretty good. I thought the cast was pretty good. I was pretty happy with it. Um, also. I was pretty happy with the tournament in general because I thought it was very exciting tournament. I thought it was pretty good. And also the fact that Boom went through the lower bracket and made it back through the grand finals. I thought that was really good. Um, as somebody who has responded a lot to Reddit criticism um, on this issue, because I think Reddit, it's a general spiraling of any opinion, right? Once the general um, tone, community, mm-hmm. hive mind, whatever, like starts going in a certain direction, becomes a race to the bottom, right? The more you exaggerate a certain point, the more upvotes you're going to get, right? It's like, it's not just good enough to say like, I don't think this commentator is very good. It becomes this commentator is a worthless piece of shit and he's a thief for taking money for ever taking any ga- any gigs, you know, like just an example. We've seen that happen with commentators and it, it's like it gets way out of fucking line, right? Remember Mott? Mott was not the best play-by-play caster, but he also wasn't the worst. But he got put into, un- I think unfairly, into certain positions and the community fucking went out of their way to vilify him <laughs> like... They just talk so much shit about him. Um, and that has been happening for the last year and a year and a half, I would say, ever since like we play Animager, but it built up from before then. Mm-hmm. Uh, the DPC circuits um, just generalize, generally is going to create more of a uh, tribal uh, viewing atmosphere. Right? For, for regions, your region, right? You're talking, your yeah, teams, like, yeah. yes. Like I, I watch my region, my region with my teams and my favorite players and my talent are covering my region. Uh, and it becomes very much like a me, me, like our stuff. This is us and that's them over there. And, you know, I see a lot of their guys getting, where's our guys? Um, and, and so it becomes that. Um, and so, you know, like I said before, we, we talked about this, there is a kernel of truth to all this stuff. And yes, the kernel of truth is that, um, like there's plenty of talent that are uh, not as authoritative on other regions as maybe they should be, or maybe they shouldn't be. Uh, I don't really know. It's hard to keep track of like six regions at once. I'll tell you right now, I'm covering five regions, like as in like actively watching five regions. I'm not watching South America. If anybody ever gives me shit for not knowing enough about South America, you will 100% get that point. Cause I'm only covering. I'm all. I have only got so much time in the fucking week. I'm I'm covering five regions. You know, like I'm as a person covering two regions, and I will try and keep track of three more. 
but I can't do one more on top of that. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> and honestly, covering like knowing South America has diminishing returns for my job, right? If South America is the weakest region, like knowing the third best team in South America very likely does nothing for me ever in, in like potentially ever in my career, right? If it's I'm also the region that you're, that, that you're probably... Yeah, it's also the region that, in theory, like, for DPC seasons, you're working the least. Like, you could see yourself around NA yeah. because ESL does it or, or like, uh, fucking BTS does it. And also... Oh, you know. Also, there's a slight thing where I have casted plenty of South America in the past. Mm -hmm. And I have also, like, I also play pubs with these guys. And, like, just in general, I've covered a lot of NASA. So... I at least have some like background and like background there so I can talk about players and like my personal experience with them, even if I don't know the team itself the best. So is, is the, so. Ch is, is the chief complaint that set you off here? Like another in the series of like cap doesn't know about region. Yes. And is, that is exactly it. And it's, and the complaint is like, I, I accepted these complaints, you know, like even though I've, been casting professionally since 2014 uh and when i was working in joint dota i was casting southeast asian games mm -hmm. i was there for like if anybody remembers say the one of the first esl one of frankfurt's maybe the very first one one of them had a southeast asian qualifier and in the grand finals i believe rave um won the jo's old team and they won off of the back of going for a throne race where uh, there were two different four staffs where they literally four staffed their hard carry around the throne as he was hitting it. Like it was some of the, the fucking wildest game ending best. I think it was game five too, might've been game four, but it was like one of the wildest endings I've seen in a while. And I remember posting that on Reddit. And I remember, like, I casted that. I posted it on Reddit. It got, like, zero fucking, like, zero response whatsoever from the community, even though I thought it was such a cool moment to, to close up the fight. I was there casting that. I casted Southeast Asia. And so to be like, yeah, the comments that say, like, oh, you don't know anything about South, Southeast Asia. It's like, okay, that kind of bothers me, but whatever. I get it. But then this year... I actively went out of my way. Okay, not like actively, you know, I won't, I won't oversell this too much, but I did, <laughs> I started out the season wanting to cast other regions. And it also coincided with the, the idea that like I would be able to, because of COVID, I would be able to spend more time at home before I had to travel for events. And so I ended up doing, I literally covered <laughs> Southeast Asia this year. <laughs> And to have people saying, like, literally just lying about me in comments. And and the, the fucking wildest part is if they were watching Southeast Asia on Twitch. Now, it's possible they were watching it somewhere else. YouTube's much better for Southeast Asia viewing, for example. But mm -hmm. if they were following the official broadcast, they would know that I was there. That I was on the panel, that I was watching these games, that I was doing the analysis of these series, that I had analysis on all of these teams at the start of the season, and that I was there for post-game interviews, that I was there supporting, like, I very early was like, boom, is the team to watch. 
because I watched them at the tournament beforehand, and I think I watched them at the tournament before that, and I said, this team is, like, super sick. I, I straight up said, for example, the, the thing that, that really takes me off is that people were, like, pe- people literally made up a point of, like, that me and Effie said, like, why did Tino get replaced? It could not what? have been more obvious. It could not have been more obvious. You go back through the Southeast Asian DPC panels, those first fucking weeks, I literally, this is some of the most shade I've ever thrown at a player. I literally called Boom four good players. Tino was the obvious man out, you know? Like, the, like Sheepstick would literally <laughs> just keep calling me out on, like, the fact that I was a Tino hater. And so the fact that, like, people had this, this idea that I, that I would be surprised that Tino got replaced when I arguably, throughout my career, have never dumped on a player more, to a point that I, like, felt bad about it. And I legitimately think he's gotten better since he started. He was just the obvious man out. He, he played a best-of-five grand finals with them before the DPC started. And I, I went on record saying that I think that Boom should have won all five games. But it was a 3-2 score. Because Tino threw the games. The games that they lost, he threw them. <laughs> like... That's why I was so confident because I analyzed those games and I was like, Tino was throwing the shit out of these games. And I said, like, they should have, it was a, sure, it was a close score, but like, Boom is a much better team than I think OB Neon or something like that in the grand finals. I can't remember who it was. Mm -hmm. I said, they're a much better team because Tino threw two of those games. They actually had like four or five out of those games were Boom games. And so, like, I had made that point so fucking clear. So so to like read people like literally just making shit up on a thin air about this sort of thing, it just fucking blew my goddamn mind. I was just like, what the fuck? Because in that moment, in that moment, you're like, there is 0% chance that I'm wrong about this. (laughs) Yeah, like... I, I like I can't I didn't go hard about it during Animager, even though I think, you know, it was it was very much overblown the BFJ thing and it got spread into like all the talent sort of thing. And it, the same thing happened. At some point in time there was a panel. I watched it live happen and I knew it was gonna happen. Resolution and Kyle were on panel with Shiver and uh Shiver asked them who the coach was for Boom and neither one of them knew. Right? And that, that gets that gets turned into a thing where it's like then the Southeast Asia fans are like, see, none of them know anything about us. Well, one is Rezo, a former pro player who operates in a region that almost never plays Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and, and uh, the other is Kyle, which... <laughs> Kyle was like helping organize the tournament. Like, I mean, you know, yeah, Kyle, Kyle did pull double duty that one. He probably slept the least out of, out of, uh, many people at that tournament, not production, but, uh, but of the talent, he certainly slept the least of anybody there. Cause he was pulling double duty. He was like in charge of things and trying to make sure the tournament was good while also working the event. So, you know, yeah, but it's like, just because they don't know, doesn't mean like, Everybody else doesn't. The know. answer is Boom plays for Garter Gladiators, right? What? That's that. What? Like, like I, oh, like I, okay. yeah, like I don't know, like Mushi's mu- uh, mu- 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 gaming their coach. gladiators. Yeah, Mushi's mu- 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 right? Okay, yeah. Yes, Mushi is their coach, yeah, and, and that is Kyle, also somebody hire, that hire me, Kyle. Ugh. 
that is also if you if you know anything about me when it comes to coaches i am very very light on giving coaches any responsibility i'll tell you that bulba leads evil geniuses by quite a lot but almost any other coach i'll say very little about you know jow eight rtk the chinese coaches okay we know they're more hands-on we've seen it in true sight and stuff like that i mean will does um, nothing <laughs> but like yeah, like all the other coaches i'm really not going to say much about because it's i think it's we know very little about their impact obviously i know the impact of blitz and i know that is that is actually significant but i can't really ever say anything because people will just be like oh, well it's your best friends with blitz whatever and so like you know i i can never be that person to like toot blitz's horn for him because it it all means nothing to the audience but like but I went to bat for like Mushi being one of the best coaches because like I could see he was outdrafting the fuck out of everybody in the DPC, um, and like every single post game interview, whenever we would talk about draft or anything like that, strategy, Mushi, 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 they would always say Mushi's name, you know, and they would talk about how Mushi is like, you know, like he, you know, he he could be, he's very serious, very hands on. Like I heard all of that, you know. And like I set up Mushi as being like one of the more hands-on and one of the more influential coaches. And when I never say that about any coach, because I don't think it's right. I think sometimes people say, oh, you know, we can't forget about this person of the team. And really we're just, we're, I think literally sometimes panelists just say, oh, well, we can't forget about one of the most important people on the team. Don't forget about the coach. Uh, see, I know who the coach is. I know. I know the coach. Is, you don't know what the coach does. You know, maybe he's just there to give, you know, like puppy curl. No like maybe he's just there to give the coach a massage, a back rub <laughs> during the fucking draft. You know, like, like you don't know what he does. So like just because you know he's there doesn't mean you should give him any praise. I feel like you should always give that praise to the players. And if you overstep or undersell them, then the players themselves can like tout up their coach or the organization can. But like, I never want to take, because if, a, if there is a, there's only 100% you can give responsibility to a win. And if I give some of it to the coach, it means I'm taking some of it away from the players. So, and if I don't know how much the coach gives, then I'm not going to give them any percentage that the players hold, you know? So Fair. the fact that I went out of my way to like rent Mushi, you know, I was confident enough to do that. It's like another thing that I was like, I know that I have actively set this up. I've actively talked about this team, that sort of thing. And it just like, yeah, I, I lost it. I lost it reading through these Reddit, Reddit comments of just like, Ooh, these guys don't know anything. Where are we going to get our people and stuff? Why don't they get anybody who ever covers Southeast Asia? And I'm just like, I'm, I'm right fucking there. I'm right fucking there. What do you mean? So I don't, I don't think I went over the board. Because you know what's funny is I actually, this was after the grand finals, which I thought was a good grand finals cast. Mm -hmm. And I read these comments and I'm just like, fuck it. I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm going in. And I do that. <laughs> I do that for like 20 minutes. And then I go downstairs to the, to the after party and, and I tell the other talent, I was like, uh, I just lost it on Reddit. <laughs> and, they all, and they all wanted to read it and Shiva and them read it. And, and you know, people were like, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> you said was fair. I, 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 my first instinct was just, it's a lot of words. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm a very verbose person when I'm angry. 
Yeah, tell me about it. Have I you mean, ever seen those clips of, of me fucking... <laughs> Have you ever seen those clips of me raging on Reddit? <laughs> yeah. Listen, Quinn, Quinn, Quinn can be rather eloquent, you know? I understand why, because like when I'm mad and I lose it, it's not you're stupid. I need to really be able to elaborate how stupid you are. <laughs> Pinpoint where on the IQ curve I am and why it's below the mean. <laughs> like, it's fine. Um, we did a lot of dancing around <laughs> that, but uh, we should probably take a hot second to talk about the actual tournament aside from the very interesting casting situation and the criticism of the casting situation because is this and 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 I, I'm I'm going to open myself to criticism here because I don't know everything about Southeast Asia Dota. Okay, mm -hmm. I I want a disclaimer that up front before someone gets mad at me on the internet. Is this the first time a, a Southeast Asia team won an event of this caliber? Uh, well, the last time a Southeast Asian team won an event, they won um, the summit. This is also another thing that I I got wrong. This is actually one of the rare times I got something wrong on panel, uh, and it was because in my head I had these two things mixed up. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, even now I'm mixing it up in my head. I believe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fnatic won the summit right before ESL won LA. Remember that? Yep, because in we fact, were we there a doing the a podcast. Offices. Yep. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we're like, Fnatic, COVID! <laughs> <laughs> so Fnatic won that event. Um, and obviously that was a smaller event. Um, but then that before that, the very first major that occurred that season, TNC won with March and Tim's and other people. Um, so the Fnatic was actually the first team to secure their ticket, or TNC rather, was the first team to secure yes. their ticket to TI. And then that TI gets canceled. So um, that was the that was the last time. Before that, yeah, it's been a while since Southeast Asia was like super um, like on top. Um, obviously, that still needs to happen for a major. But the last one was MDL Chengdu, uh, and then the one before that, um, I think it was probably 2017. Fnatic placed fourth, I believe, at that event. So, I believe they got beat down by Evil Geniuses. Yeah. Um, oh, um, TNC won an ESL one, didn't they? Possible. I mean, are you looking? Wait. Hold on. Are you looking at ESL? Because there was during the online season, there was uh, regional ESL T ones. T TNC won ESL one Hamburg twenty nineteen. Oh, okay. They beat Gambit in the grand finals. Alliance came in third. Beast Coast came yeah. in fourth. Yeah. Beast Coast came in fourth. That's what it was, right? Because they had Misery and um, Tavo and King RD. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Now, because that was the highest uh, South American team in place in a while, but they also had like Misery and one other European on that team. So it was kind of like a. A weird situation. God, that, that's also back... kind of like a weird event. That was that we was missing a fair number of teams, if I remember. So yeah, so I I would say comfortably that like you know the the amount of like truly large scale Southeast Asian wins at international LAN events is like probably this one that just happened, and then MDL Chengdu. Yeah, depending on like 
There was also that like E Home one, some like D A C. Um, and while they were a Chinese organization, I believe they had at least two Southeast. They had Ice Ice Ice, and I think they might have had somebody else that was a Southeast Asian player. So it's possible they might have even had three, but I don't think so. Maybe it was Mushi actually. That might have been Mushi and Ice 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 on E Home. Hmm. But yes, regardless uh, though, it's really cool. Their top placings. Yeah, other top placings is like Orange, TI3, and Zephyr, or no, not Z- uh, Zenith. Zenith. Zenith and TI1. Those are the highest TI placings, I believe. C-Team has never been in the grand finals of TI. Well, Boom looks uh, pretty dank. <laughs> They're very good. Very good. Unfortunately, there were some teams missing from this event, so, you know. Yeah. It's only so much credit you can give them when you're missing some of the, the best uh, Western European teams and Chinese teams. It feels like a small asterisk uh, because there was still a lot of, like, talent there. But that being said, yeah. you know, uh, it, it was interesting to see... Uh, I, I, I will never not keep an eye on, on both Nigma and Secret and see how, you know, Kuroki seems to have, you know, kicked it into gear for a LAN event and probably overperformed expectations, whereas Secret didn't do very well and now is role swapping people? Uh, are they? Is that I didn't know that. I th- I thought oh, I saw shit, that, is that hot news. I thought I saw that that Nisha and Sumail are switching positions. Oh, really? I, I actually did not know anything about that. Uh, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I, I have not been paying attention. Because I've been busy getting ready <laughs> for six weeks in Sweden. Yeah, I, I, I saw like a Reddit thread talking about that, how they, how they were, how they were role swapping. I don't know if it's like confirmed, confirmed or an experiment or like what's going on. But like, so they're, they're still fishing around with people. Um, Tundra... I think had probably a satisfying event and not just because they came in second, but because they're probably the team that came into the whole ordeal with the most haters because people, because people were like, Hey, y'all kicked Fada. Y'all might be kind of shitty. I hope that you get last place. And then they proceeded to just do very well. (laughs) So, uh, they they also had um they also in the grand finals do you know what happened game 1 no i did not watch the first game okay so game 1 um they picked legion commander and there was a bug at the time so th- i don't know how people know this exactly obviously somebody got some inside information somewhere but basically what it appears to be i'm not going to report this as fact um, but what allegedly, there, allegedly, there, there go there. There was um, an Aghanim scepter that they were going to an Aghanim scepter upgrade that they were going to give Legion Commander, or maybe it was Shard. I don't know. Um, that gave her press moment of courage. Jesus, those abilities are awfully named. Uh, moment of courage, the one where she does the double hit. Mm-hmm. It gave it plus seventy five damage. And I don't know what else. Probably just plus 75 damage. Um, And that, while they didn't give her that, it was still bugged in the game. So her moment of courage did do that. 
So the whole time, level one, yeah, the whole time. What? Oh no! So she ends up playing mid nine plays Legion Commander mid against Ember Spirit, and you can go back and watch this Ember Spirit gets fucking demolished because every single time he gets moment of courage, it's like a fifth of his health goes away. And No Tail is just like, No Tail knew about the bug and he was talking about it in the cast. And we're watching, and one of the funniest things was like, This is, he kept saying, This is not normal. This is not normal. <laughs> and so that was just another reason for people to hate on Tundra, right? Because they are utilizing some, some bug in the game. Now, whether or not they knew about it and how ethical it is and like that sort of thing, Valve has a, a rule for Valve tournaments that it's like, you always come to us. If you always, if you have questions about this, come to us first. We will tell you whether or not you can use it, and then you can go ahead and use it. But and like, we're not going to spread it around if we think it's fair. If that's intended in the game, where you know you can use it. Um, but if it's not intended, obviously they're going to fix it. So they they've they've had a pretty clear ruling, and I would guess this probably happened since TI three because <laughs> the the did the, the the. Fountain hooks. Fountain hooks. If I had to guess, that's probably where that that rule kind of started, because that was a pretty uh, pretty insane, pretty egregious bug that was uh, abused by Navi at the time. So, so I didn't see a lot of community sentiment about that. I might not have been like digging through Reddit too, too just hard. The, it was like... just one more reason for the C fans to like, you know, they are or already sorry, sorry, C fans and Tundra haters to latch on to like fuck Tundra, right? Because, like, they already didn't like them, and then No Tell talks about that in the cast. And it, like, to be clear, it it demolished the Ember Spirit. Like, there was very little that Yopaj could do to recover. So, and they won that game, right? Like, like Tundra won. They won that game game pretty heavily. Did, did, Did they ban Legion Commander in all four of the other drafts? Um, that was the weird thing is that um, I don't think Legion Commander got banned the rest of the um, the rest of the opening phase. So it's I think it still got banned. It just wasn't banned in the first one, too. Um, and to be honest, it's like Legion Commander, even if you have that, you still need to have like a good lane, right? It just so happens that Legion versus Ember Spirit is is insanely Legion favored and becomes even more favored if if that's a thing. So, but yeah, they didn't really blow up as much as I expected it to. To be honest, I feel like that would have potentially been bigger news just by hearing it. It looks like they banned Legion in game two and game three in the in the third phase. Yeah, and then it went uh, not picked or banned in game four or five. Yeah. So it was so, yeah, right right moment, right situation, right potential abuse. Um and now it's not something you can do because it was fixed. <laughs> I assume so. I assume it was fixed. It's possible it's still there. To be honest, there's like a 5% part of me that is like maybe it wasn't a bug at all. <laughs> you know? Like, maybe we just had a misread of the situation. I never went back and tried it or anything. Like, when you have the two-time TI winner saying, this is happening in the game, I'm not about to, like, second-guess him, you know? <laughs> You're like, well, actually, no, Tell. Let's let's open up the, the log and see how much damage is being done. <laughs> yeah, like, it, like if, that was, if that was somebody else with uh, less authority on the manor, then I, my natural instinct would be to hedge my bet 
in that situation mm-hmm. and be like, ah, are you sure it's doing that much? Are we sure it's because it, it did look like a lot of damage, but um, you know, I, I would always hedge my bets, but with no tail saying it, I'm just like, whatever he's saying it, you know, I'm all on board because <laughs> if he's wrong, whatever, it's the two time TI winner is wrong. <laughs> you know, what are you, what are you going to say? What are you going to do? What do you, what, are you cha- do? what do you chalk up to uh, TSM having a relatively poor event? Tough, tough group, just like not caliber of everybody else, like like bad luck. Like, I, I was I was hopeful that they were gonna do a little bit better than they did. Yeah, they didn't do great. I mean, they beat down Fnatic to place, so they had to beat Fnatic in two different elimination matches, one mm-hmm. to tie, and then they had to win the tiebreaker. Um, but Fnatic didn't look great either. Their group was tough. Nigma and Tundra were in top three. Tundra was in the grand finals. Nigma um, was third, and they looked really, really good. Um, and then they had the TI winners in Team Spirit, so their group looks really tough. Um, and then they had to play Team Secret to move on. So. Yeah, like I, I don't want to give like too many excuses to NA, um, but you know if they were in Team Spirit's position, Team Spirit played Nigma Galaxy C. I would hope TSM would win that matchup. I would hope, but yeah, and I, I, I do think that they had some rough matchups, but you play who you play, you know. Whoever's in front of you, that's who you gotta play, and that's who you gotta beat. So, yeah. Do you wanna also oh. one other one other little bit there? Maybe this actually might have contributed to my bad mood and my fucking uh, essay on Reddit. <laughs> I did the grand finals with Kuro and Notel, and I hope Kuro's okay with me saying this. Um, because I did brag about it. I know Curl wouldn't brag about these things, but I'm a different person than you, Curl, and I bragged about this. Uh, I, I didn't brag a whole lot of people, but now I'm about to do it on the but podcast. You're about so to do it like a lot of, of yeah, a lot of people really quickly. I, and I'm saying more so uh, one because I, I just think this is really cool, and also I think this will kind of tell Curl's character a little bit, um, but. So we finished up the grand finals. Um, no tail walks away, um, and at some point in time, like we've we've done the 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 wrap up and everything, and it's it's me and Curl, and Curl obviously is part of the organization who put on the event. Um, so he thanks me for for working the event, and he asked me like how did I feel the event went, and and all that sort of thing, um, and then he. Uh, and then you know he thanked me for doing the event, and he said that uh, he thinks I'm I'm really awesome. That I'm re- the the I think he said I'm amazing at what I do, something like that. And um, actually, hold on. He said uh, he thought I was amazing, and he said he was a big fan. That Let feels like a pretty say, good compliment. That 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 feels like a pretty that 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 feels gratifying, right? I don't think that there is another pro player out there that would give me more satisfaction to to get that kind of compliment from. Because if you know Kuro, 
uh, which I don't know him like incredibly well or anything, but like from what I understand of his personality is that like he is uh, he is like a very passionate individual, very disciplined, uh, but he doesn't like necessarily like give compliments out uh, lightly and that like also just talking with him and stuff. He's like one of the, the, the very few conversations I've had with him. He's one of the, the people who have opened my ideas the most about dota and like he told me a bit of his philosophy when it comes to looking at the draft and like i will always keep that in mind of like oh this is what crow thinks and like you can tell from his casting right like no tail would be a lot more like oh this is good this is bad and curl would always be dialing it back more and be like well there's ways that things can be good and where things can be bad um and so, like, he, he told me about that philosophy, and, like, I've always taken that more to heart whenever I talk about drafts and stuff. I was so. surprised at, at how, like, optimistic he was at times from pulling stuff back from No-Tail, especially, like, during Game 5, where I think No-Tail was almost, you know, he, he was, again, being himself. It's not like he was being a character, but I think in mm -hmm. being himself, he's like, this game this game's fucking over. How do you beat this? And Kuro's like, well, this, that, and this. Like, I don't think it, Dota's never over. Like, the game is relatively even. And it was mm -hmm. interesting to see that dichotomy for me, not just in personalities, but almost in, in mental state, because you could assume that when they're playing, that's also kind of what could be going on in their head or through comms, um, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's uh, it's definitely something that uh, you could see quite a lot in the the casting, and you could see it when they would talk about Dota. Like they wouldn't stop talking about Dota, right? Once the game is done, they would just keep going. Um, and what was probably the most interesting conversation that happened between No Tail and Kuro was actually off camera, sadly, and it was them talking about the the TI finals that they placed again. They played against each other. And you could just kind of tell that, like, like Kuro knew they could have done better, you know? They, that they, they could have, like, they could have made things work. They could have done things better. They, like, they could have played. But they were also, they also had to play the lower bracket. And that, that was actually something that they talked about, which I will probably reference several times through my career, is that, like, lower bracket at TI is a different kind of beast. Um, having to do that is like mentally is is kind of bonkers. Um, that's why like think only one or two teams have ever won from the lower bracket. They've only won a TI going through the lower bracket and having to play eight games in one day potentially. So um, I I almost want to fact check that because I I could have sworn that it was more. Navi won from the Alliance. upper bracket. Navi won from the upper bracket. Um, IG won from, won from the lower bracket. IG was also in the lower bracket. Alliance was in the upper bracket. Alliance uh, was the upper bracket team. Okay. VG Gaming climbed their way through the lower bracket. And lost. In, so Newbie was upper bracket. Okay. So, so and far. Lost, lost a Newbie. It's just IG. Uh, Evil Geniuses won in the lower bracket. So that's two. It's two, yeah. Uh, wings, upper wings, bracket. Wings, upper bracket. Liquid, uh, lower bracket. Liquid, lower bracket, three. O OG, double upper bracket. It was upper bracket both times. Yeah. Yeah, it was. 
because then, they the TI8 they should have gone down to the lower bracket, but LGD threw that game three. And Team Spirit went from the lower bracket. Team Spirit went from the lower so, bracket. So, so four I'm, out of ten. Four, four out of ten. Which that's almost I think half. That's, uh, yeah, it's almost half. I th- I I think I felt like I felt like the number was three. I guess I forgot about um, IG. IG is probably who I forgot about. That's ancient history. So. But yeah, I think uh, the the way they talked about it, I think they, they both feel like it's a, a very, very big factor when it comes to uh, TI, TI and grand finals and stuff. So, because uh, they were obviously talking about it in the context of Boom having to, to play um, their eighth game of the day because they went the full best of three. That's so much Dota. Yeah. So that's what happened in Dubai. A lot of good stuff. Lot some some stuff that made me angry, but then a lot of good stuff. Oh, one other side note, real quickly. So mm-hmm. Ukraine was happening during that time. We talked about that. Still happening, of course. <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh, you guys are now casting a, a tournament in the United Arab Emirates, um, and and all those sort of uh, things. And what I just thought was very fucking funny. I had no idea that. So Nigma Galaxy was putting on the tournament galaxy racers whatever uh they're putting on the tournament i did not uh, i guess know their full extent when the tournament opens and they play that first video hyping up the uae i was just like oh my goodness oh that is going to be a thing that happens every uh, every break oh my uh i i thought that was very very funny very ironic i think in some ways it was just like did not realize that <laughs> tournament was going to be uh sponsored in that regard I w- i'm not going to say i would have said no to it i still would have done the tournament but it, it did come as a surprise to me and i thought it was it's like wow funny. why did we get all these uae flag wardrobe suits to wear like oh boy Um, yeah, yeah, Dude, I'm, gl- I'm glad that you're good. Do you remember Neom? You remember that whole thing? Oh, yeah, of course. Those ads are everywhere. Oh, my God. The the airport, every single time I would get on, like, Google or, or Twitter or anything, the Neom advertisements are everywhere, you know? They make it out to be like it's the the bee's knees over there, man. It is the the height of technology and culture right there. All the greatest minds are in Neop. I mean, I would, I'd be interested in walking around. <laughs> yeah, they uh, uh, some people stayed behind and did the uh, Dubai Expo 2020. I I was not one of those people. I was like, nope, I'm getting the fuck out of here. You gotta get home and prepare for uh, for Sweden because you're taking off and yeah, you're gonna exactly. go do more more DPC. Same, everybody's it, it's the year, right? So that that's still North America and like really weird time zones for you. Uh, yeah, it's not the worst time zones, um, but it's Western Europe and North America. So I will be the host once again for North America, but I should be doing some casting with SVG. So I'm very much looking forward to uh, that. Not very much casting, but I, I got a bit, got a smidgen negotiate it a little bit and uh yeah is it Looking worth it? Forward to it 
Is is it worth it to uh, to talk about the patch at all? <laughs> um, patch is good. Some of the patch is fun, but most of the patch feels very similar to the old patch. And that part is probably, I mean, we've already seen it. A lot of people don't like that. Um, some pro players don't like that. I think um, people really want map changes. Um, yeah, I just, it, like the, all the changes were good or not all of them. Some of them, they buffed up heroes that were already meta. So, like, what was the point? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, we, we're seeing still so many crossovers of, of, of heroes because if the map doesn't change, the economy doesn't change that much. Like, the way you play the game isn't going to change. And it's only really going to change if the heroes are dramatically changed. And I feel like, I don't know if they were just happy with the previous patch and didn't want to, like, change up the vibe that much but is it just because like all at the end of the day all of the changes to neutral creeps don't really affect the game that much because it it seems like if if you were to break everything down and you, you you look at the patch and you go like what changed normally like people point out one or two things per patch that's different you know it's like gold bounties or they added new heroes or they moved roshan or they changed the map or what have you right but here or they added you know neutral items or what have you here it seems like if you're to point out a thing it's it's mostly centered around neutral creeps in addition to the the balance updates and i i haven't noticed much difference going on in my own pubs uh because of the neutral creep changes yeah yeah well i expected to see more beastmaster like in chen and chantress not nearly as much uh as i expected uh maybe it's still gonna come around but yeah i definitely expected a, a bigger impact there um as as so- somebody put you know i got this line from somebody else mm-hmm and Kyle then got this line from me and then used it on the panel. I was so I was so fucking mad at him. I was like, what the fuck, dude? I'm I'm sitting there casting and I'm listening to their panel. And Kyle's like, yeah, I heard somebody say, and I was just like, motherfucker, that was me. The, the <laughs> thing was, is that, uh, and I don't actually remember who I got this from. I think it might've been maybe somebody on Arkosh or something. He said, um, you know, doing this jungling, Actually, no, I got it from a pub. So some pro player in a pub, I'm not sure who. They said, doing this jungling, it, it's, it's, uh, it's not, it, it doesn't slow me down at all. It's not any harder, but I'm just more annoyed when I do it. <laughs> Which is kind of what the neutral creeps are now. Now they're just kind of annoying. There are these annoying things that they do to you sometimes, but it doesn't really slow you down that much. So as a result, the meta isn't going to shift that much, right? Stacking's still going to be important. Uh, carries that can clear through mids that can clear through stacks are going to be important. TA, Leshrac, Lina, maybe. Yeah, those kind of heroes. So, honestly, the biggest changes were like, I, I feel like the biggest meta changes were like the Bracer, Null Talisman change, um, and like Orchid. <laughs> what is it about Orchid? Uh, Orchid's less of a uh, intelligence hero item, and and because it no longer gives intelligence or attack speed, now it gives flat damage. Um, so now it's can be picked up on a variety of different heroes, 
uh, but it's less impactful for intelligence heroes. So now, so Orchid is a, a popular item, <laughs> which is way different from the previous patch where every team had two Orchids. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a, uh, like Kunkka, for example, still building Orchid. He's like, shit, this Orchid's even better now. <laughs> Hell yeah. So that's uh, those two of the most impactful changes I've seen so far anyway. Neutral Creeps hasn't really done that much. Uh, the biggest change was probably the shard change, 15-minute shard change. That one was obviously very impactful as well. Um, but like, we didn't get to see any techies. That was sad. Wanted to see some techies. Uh, didn't get to see any, um, well, the new hero, the Primal Beast. Yeah, that's that that's like the, broken. the thing, right? Bro broken. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the win rates, it's still, I think, in the negative. So what's broken I mean, about if it? If you look at my win rate, you'll see it's 9 and 0, 100% win rate, baby. The, the hero's primarily being played in the offlane, and you're primarily a good yes. offlane player, and the hero looks to be... My, so my favorite part about Primal Beast, this isn't really a hot take, uh -huh. the animation on the ultimate is very funny. He's like a, he's like a toddler having a tantrum. <laughs> okay, so here, let me give your... Give me, I'll give it like a one-minute take on one Primal Beast is broken, okay? Okay. Number one, trample can clear a creep wave at level one. So you can literally go behind the enemy tier one, start near their tier two tower, body block the creep wave just a tiny little bit, activate trample and run with it all the way to the tier one tower. You will one shot the entire creep wave. So laning, never a problem, because you can do that at level one, okay? Uh, level, the level two, you can get uproar which has some of the most insane stats on it for an ability that is essentially free. For a hero, for a lane position, that is usually, that the entire process is being harassed and trying to survive through that harassment and maybe even kill your harassers. Having a hero that gets bonker stats when he is attacked is, is insane. It's insanely valuable. The support, the support, the enemy fight position literally doesn't have a job because if he hits you once, just a single uproar is an, uh, a single uproar tick is enough for you to be able to activate it and get all the CS in lane because you now have 30 damage, I think. 30 extra bonus damage and you get some armor and it also slows them. Do you so only get the bonus? Perfect. Do you only get the bonus when you activate it or is there passive? Only when you activate it. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I think the biggest thing was that um, the hero felt like he didn't do any damage with Trample by itself. Um, now people realize that if you activate Uproar before you Trample, your damage is insane. Um, and that was before the patch. Uh, I mostly played it post-patch where they buffed it some more. Um, and that, that has been really good because now Trample's damage uh, without Uproar is insanely good. Um, his Q is a really good initiating tool. Um, he is destroyed by stuns and slows. That is the, the downside of him. But BKB is the most valuable item in the game. So you just rush that. I think it's, uh, hero doesn't quite play itself, but 
um, it does feel it does feel very good to me. I I think it's strong. Um, so, yeah, I also think Techies is strong. Um, not as nearly as good as Primal Beast, nor as easy to play, but I also think Techies is strong, and I have a zero percent win rate on support Techies. Hundred percent win rate on core Techies, but zero percent on support Techies. Is is the goal with Techies to make it more of a support hero? Was that was that the intention here, or is it still uh, like pretty ambiguous? No, I think it's pretty ambiguous. I think before it was obviously a support hero, and I think the especially the last patch change they did. It's can fill more and more of a core role because blast off you don't do any damage to yourself. Now they made it based on your current HP. They lowered the percentage even more, and you have a magic resistance talent at level ten. So it's like all those things combined, you do no damage to yourself when you blast off on people. So that was really bad for core. Now it's way more manageable. So I think it's a very strong core. Uh, or I think it's good as a core. Still t- questionable as the support probably need to be built around a little bit. Kind of want to set up stun of some kind. Um, but I think the damage that it puts out is pretty bonkers. So Also, he's not called Tankings anymore. According to Slacks, he's called Funny Bomb Man because he's not really Tankies anymore. Listen, as somebody who liked old Tankies, I... Yeah, I have a lot of fun playing new techies. I think the hero is shit tons of fun. I'm glad that it seems like you two are taking different paths where he is having some kind of emotional crisis where you are finding the yes. joy in the situation. He's having an identity crisis because if he's not a techies player, what is he? You know? <laughs> I'm sure that there's a lot of people who have played a lot of games with slacks who are probably have a general quality of life improvement with the patch. Yeah, probably. I bet I bet the change to the hero has l- some percentage lowered stress across the globe. Like the amount of humans yeah. who get upset on a daily basis because of a single thing being changed went down. Yeah. That yeah, sounds yeah. like that sounds like the, that's like one step away from world peace. From a utilitarian standpoint, this was one of the best things that Valve uh, has ever done. For sure, because while some people are very unhappy, like Slacks, the general Dota society has been made much happier. So, Now, do you think that that is actually good for Dota? Because, uh, so, so the counter argument there, right, is you have some percentage of the population like Slacks who are just techies lovers that's all they want to do that's all they want to play they have this hero and it's kind of the reason why they play dota now those people either have to decide if they want to stop playing dota or not because the thing that they loved so much about this game was just changed forever (laughs) yeah 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 it's um like many things valve has done lately um i think it's good but might be a bit too late. <laughs> I think uh, some people might have already quit Dota because of techies. <laughs> That's true. You know, I, I think the, I think this move is, I think it's generally good, but there is something about it that bothers me. Um, and it's the same thing that bothers me when I see one of 
my heroes or just heroes in general, where a weakness gets covered in some way. Dota has always been a game, um, and this is why it's much different than League of Legends. It is a... I'm, I'm going to give you my like big world view of, of Dota versus League of Legends in this regard. Okay. Dota is made what it is by the fact that there are heroes with OP abilities. They have strong strengths. Very, very strong strengths. If mm-hmm. that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Basically, the, if, they, if there was a fucking, you know, like one of those like RPG bars or whatever the fuck, you know, like D&D, they, like that guy's got 20 in strength, you know, but he's got a fucking eight in intelligence. He can't actually speak like that is what Dota heroes, I think, philosophically speaking, are about. They have strong strengths and weak weaknesses. They cannot do shit in some areas, but they are incredibly powerful in other regards. Black Hole is like a great example of like, it's a BKB piercing AOE disable. Insanely good, but has one of the longest cooldowns in the game, requires you to have large amounts of farm for you to be effective. And if you miss, you're fucked. Like you, you literally don't have a fourth hero or fifth hero in the game. It's four versus five once you miss that black hole. So strong strengths, weak weaknesses, big division there. Whereas in League of Legends, I feel like the heroes are built up very much in that like every hero has a toolkit that operates under the same sphere of, of, of influence, the same strength metrics, right? The, their, their weaknesses yeah. are generally not that weak and their strengths are also generally not like incredibly explosive. So that's where Dota and, and League of Legends end up diverging so much is the fact that uh, League of Legends becomes much more of a tactical um, and and skill-based game where it's about how you operate the hero, whereas Dota becomes much more of a strategy-based game. If you get blank BKB black hole by Enigma, it does not matter anymore how good you are at the game. You are dead. You are 100% dead. There's no counterplay to that whatsoever. However, if you understand the game well enough and understand the strategy that is involved there, it does not matter if you are dead because then you come back alive and you run at the enemy, right? Or whatever, right? Whatever the, the strategy or employee is. Mm-hmm. So that, that I think is philosophically like the differences in Dota and why, where they divulge so much. And Dota has been trending for a long time in that heroes' weaknesses are being covered up. Neutral items, shards, Aghanim's upgrades. There are so many talents. There are so many things where basically if you look at a hero and say like, so the problem with this hero is, let me give Terrorblade as an example. So the problem with this hero is once he pops Metamorphosis, he's incredibly strong, but once he loses it, he's no longer a hero. Think about all the things that change for that. Scotty has been made more effective. He now has an Aghanim Scepter that gives him a temporary ultimate. He has a shard that makes him uh, better as a melee hero. Um, he's been given more items to, to be able to utilize as a melee hero. Uh, he has talents that are able to cover up some of these weaknesses. And like the, the blink dagger, agility blink dagger is like generally better for melee heroes. Like the list goes on and on and on of like things that allow you to be better at the things you are worse at. Mm-hmm. So okay. that is the place that Dota has been going. And I feel like in a way, Techies is just kind of one example of that, where they basically just made him like, ah, he's more of a normal normal hero now. And they took away like the incredible strength that he had. Right? Now he's just like Skywrath Mage, sort of, and like insane nuke damage potential. 
Um, fortunately, they kept Blast Off, which I think was the other signature ability. They kind of kept that as it is. But I think in some ways, like, Tankies is no longer a you-can-always-come-back-with hero, you know, where he used to be that. He used to be that, like, no matter how strong the enemy was, you could always win with Tankies. No matter how formed the enemy carry was, enough minds would fucking kill him, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Now Techies is no longer that. He he can never reach that that version of strength. He will never be that powerful. But he's also much stronger in many other areas. So um, I think he's just more of a diluted hero. I personally find him very fun, but that is just a general trend of of Dota. Um, that I, you know I I go back and forth on. You know sometimes I think it's bad. Sometimes I think it's good. Yeah, just like bringing people down to the averages is, is is kind of like my takeaway there. Like you 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 have these you have these things that that feel extreme and they just get like a little bit neutered and not necessarily by nerfs but by changes. And I think I I I I have to sit with that for a minute. I, I'd have to I'd have to sit with that for a minute and really think about how I feel. Uh, if Dota if Dota this version of Dota was out in 2012 i think dota would be a much more popular game let's put it that way but there are people who played dota in 2012 2013 um who don't like the do the dota that it is now uh i'm okay with the that that last fact because i like games in order to stay relevant you always have to be changing so it's you know i don't really begrudge the changes at all um but I, it's just a general trend that i've noticed that I don't know if it's it's good or bad. I'd be interested in hearing a league expert's opinion as a counterpoint for like the uh, sameness of the game over time in comparison. Yeah. Um. I think someone would be like, "Oh, I don't know what you're talking about," but but really that that does hit home because I I feel like uh I don't want to say Dota's gotten easier, but maybe it should have been a little less extreme. <laughs> yeah, could be, could be. But I mean, at but, the end of the day, we're still complaining about something that is objectively like still one of the top five largest esports in the world. Like, oh, maybe it could have been bigger. Maybe it could have has more longevity. Like, we're still here okay. and thriving. So I think I think that you know, it's it's almost like we're fantasy booking ourselves. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think uh, popularity isn't that important to me. Um, so when I say it might have been more popular, you know, like also Fortnite is really popular, and I have no no desire to play that game, right? So, yeah. um, just because something could have been more popular doesn't mean. Uh, and simultaneously, if Dota is moving away from where it used to be, then that is also not the worst thing to me. And on that note, on popularity, go follow. It's at Capcasts on Twitter uh, and Instagram, so you can go ahead and get caught up with all the updates. Yeah. Uh, before we sign off, uh, th th this has been a little bit of a longer one. There's been some fun things to talk about, and also I feel like y'all deserved it because you might have missed an episode last week because of travel and a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Um, I have I I I have another edition of of uh, PP Umawat. Uh, our 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 Patreon dot com slash side poll fan uh question segment that we toss at the end of shows and if you want to join us on patreon you can also get a question hypothetical just tossed in here at the back end and really make us talk about anything anything uh True. <laughs> so erds uh left us a comment cap that i that i tossed into your discord if you don't mind if you don't mind reading 
Hey lads, I'm about to graduate and soon to apply for a job in the business industry. As an Australian that has previously just gotten over using overly Australian language, <laughs> I still have to practice not using the F word a lot. As people that broadcast to the international community while working for business, have you guys had to change your common vocabulary before localized common phrases, etc.? Ooh, uh, there is a, a phrase that I have been trying to work out of my vocabulary just recently. Joey, I think you might have heard me use this one. In fact, you might have actually been the one to, to make me aware of it. Oh, I, see, now I feel weird in the situation because what I want to say is I'm pretty sure that you're trying to say bitch less. Oh, no, no actually, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, like I, I went, I went like a full circle there. I did try and say bitch less, and then at some point in time, I was just like, I don't feel that strongly about it. <laughs> maybe, maybe some, maybe you know, maybe I'll get some education. Whoa, I'm accidentally calling blitz. Uh, sorry, let me just say whoops. <laughs> hey, well, uh, sorry, well. <laughs> uh maybe something will happen somebody will tell me something and i'll feel differently about it but no uh th this no the word spaz did you i don't haven't i used that in front of you mm, i i don't think i feel like you're the one who told me about this i i i don't think so so there's let's let's take a step back for a second here i i uh -huh. think that there i think that there's different like tiers of acceptability of like words that whether they be like regional or otherwise that 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 people try and remove from their vocabulary example mm -hmm. we've gotten to a point where it is just wholly unacceptable to use racial slurs i genuinely don't yeah. feel like it was like that 20 years ago but we're but we're yeah. but we're here now, right? That that that's like that's like S tier, and then there's like a middle tier of words where like depending on how your region or your your beliefs or your friend group like or how social justice like cucky you are, like yes, um, <laughs> that word makes Americans incredibly uncomfortable, and Brits just throw it out there constantly. And there's and that's kind of like that tier where you're talking about, right? Where it's like mm -hmm. localized some areas, it's like totally fine other areas it's like okay you're starting to get a little dicey there yeah yeah and and then there's words that feel like 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 much less popular to remove from vocabulary and that's where i would include uh spaz now spaz is not one that i say very often but it's probably something that i'd be cognizant about uh and, and a similar note and i don't think i've ever talked to you about this but i i often think about um not using the word crazy to, really? to to describe people uh, for for a similar reason of of spaz because it's been used uh a lot to 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 you know uh at, attack mental disorders um and and I've been personally mm. called out for that probably more times than any other word uh really I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I have a bunch of like super liberal cucky friends. Um, let's let's be clear. Um, and and I, I I still use crazy, but when I will say it more often than not, which is which is more rare, I will think about it and go, could mm. I have used a different word? It doesn't stop me from using it, but I'm definitely cognizant of it and use it a lot less. Uh, and I feel like spaz is like in a very similar uh, play space as that for me. I'm saying the word retarded less because of that, but I 
do not maybe i'm just living in the past here but i'm you know maybe i'll feel differently about this in 10 15 20 years but crazy is not um there's no way i'm <laughs> that from my vocabulary i'm sorry that word is far too broad for 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 me that like so spaz so i didn't realize that spaz was used as a word to refer to people who are spastic mm-hmm. Who, mm-hmm. who have spasms and therefore probably have some sort of uh, mental issues of some kind that and I didn't I never made that connection whatsoever Uh, because that was just something that my dad and probably my mom both of them would call and for me it just meant goofy or or Mm -hmm. like you the like the term goober so I thought it was very harmless (laughs) <laughs> maybe it was on stream maybe I called somebody a spaz and somebody was like whoa and I was like wait what something wrong with that word I thought it was very very like instead of calling somebody a stupid motherfucker I call him a goober and a spaz look at this spaz over here and I didn't realize that it had that kind of connotations so that is a word that I, I have uh, tried to cut out but crazy is am I just am I am I Am I crazy here? <laughs> like, no. like that word is like too broad. I feel like that's like calling somebody stupid. Like, yeah, there are stupid people out there. They have low IQ. But it's, I'm still going to call you stupid. What's, what's super. I don't know what to say. It's such a broad term. What's interesting to me as, as you know, there's people who are listening to this literally across the world, which by the way is kind of cool, but also, you know, their interpretation of our interpretation, I'm sure there's a bunch of people thinking a bunch of different things. There's probably people who I'm fairly think, certain most of them think that we're in, insanely too sensitive. Yeah. Which, uh, that I, is most of the feedback that I've gotten from the internet world which is like, oh, those Americans, they're so sensitive about language, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I since th- we have an international audience, that's my assumption. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, I, I'm not I, saying they're wrong or right. I'm just saying that's, that's what I believe is a popular. I, I, have, I haven't used any, any hard R's for probably five plus years at this point uh and and i and i think bitch I is gonna retarded right yeah i am okay <laughs> when you say hard r that's an entirely different connotation joey <laughs> no no no, no. That's, that's i haven't said that word like five years you know you know uh thank you for clarifying um <laughs> the look on your face was so funny um but but i i i i think to answer Erd's question um it's probably uh, a situation of over-indexing into being careful or having a group of people around you who you could maybe uh, fact-check yourself with in private. If there's something that you, if you're not sure you should be saying in like international conversations, my assumption is that your gut's probably right about that. <laughs> or you could do it on the podcast like I do. Yeah, or, or very public for. Yeah, or or you can just be very public about it. Um, but yeah, if, if you're gonna be if you're gonna be working with mm. Americans, I imagine that some of your Australian language is a bit harsh because you use other words like we use fuck. <laughs> yeah, the uh, so the f word slur that you're talking about, the uh, 
the the gay slur, which is sometimes locally used. The so I had a same problem where I had to cut that out. Uh, but this was back in like I don't know 2012 or something. But like that's a word that like many Americans use as an insult in like during our elementary school, high school days, especially for us. Common go to, dude, dude. Like we, our generation mm -hmm. used it a lot. Mm -hmm. And and what I what mm -hmm. and and while I was very much a person who was like people should say whatever they people should be free to say whatever you want. What what eventually came down to, uh, and I don't know if this will help you, but it's like um, the personal gratification that I use that that I get out of using a word like that um, even if I don't mean it in a homophobic way the personal gratification that I get out of the freedom of using that word do I value that more than the potential of harming somebody uh, who maybe I care about or maybe just somebody I don't care about but I don't want to hurt people randomly uh, is is that personal freedom and like satisfaction that I get more valuable than the harm that I would be doing to other people? And like I decided for me personally that that was not worth it um, because like for example I had somebody who, who I was a friend with in high school that was closeted, and even though I never ever felt any sort of homophobic way, it is very likely I used that word and I may have used it around him. Never in a homophobic or way. Or to him. But... <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yeah, and that's yeah. entirely possible. And I found out after high school, he came out and everything like that. And so, like, you know, I have no idea what kind of harm I may have done to him by using that word. So it's like, did, was it, was, is it really worth it to me? It's, like, it's, it's also like, it's somewhat similar to the mass thing. Like, it's your personal freedom, like, satisfaction of, of not having this irritating mask over your mouth, like, really that fucking worth it to you? over the potential of, of ruining lives? Probably not. Just make that own like personal like algorithm and like be like, is this worth it to me? Some people are gonna say it is worth it to them, in which case I think those people are kind of psychopaths because- like, Or selfish. Or incredibly selfish because like, why would you wanna hurt people? It's like people you don't even know sometimes or it's people you do care about. It's wild how much my opinion of language changed uh, after high school. I, I, mm. I, I think that I probably lived most of my life up until about 20-ish with a predominantly libertarian point of view of like, hey, y'all, we should be expressing all of our freedoms. Like, you shouldn't tell me what I can and can't do because I can't do it and it's not really your business. To, mm -hmm. oh... I think somewhere I grew empathy and now I'm thinking about other people. And while I still agree that anybody has the right to say these things, like doing it makes you shitty. And why would you want to be not nice? <laughs> yeah. uh, and then that, that's where I stand on it. If I, I, I would, I would kick the shit out of 18 year old me. Well, it's because teenagers are psychopaths. So, yeah, it's like I, w I was I was trying to be funny. You're heartless little monsters. I was trying to be funny always, mm -hmm. but just in the wrong ways and ways that edged into hurtfulness. And I still mm. try. I still am funny. <laughs> That's presumptuous at, at, other, at, at other people's expenses. Like some of my favorite humor is like lightly tearing down others or my friends. Uh, but mm. like 
the 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 I, I'm I'm pretty content with the evolution that I've had, and I want to keep growing, and that's why I have a lot of friends who are like, "Hey, Joey, you know, if if you're cutting out some of those words, like you know, maybe say bitch less," and I'm like, "Hmm, you know, to, to point to you." Uh, so so that that's 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 the one that's most recently fallen out of my vocabulary, um, and I just like to. Me- meanwhile, I'm over here playing primal beast on stream pumping out ludicrous's move bitch get out the way get <laughs> and you're also like listening to r kelly and you're like man this guy is oh yo have you guys heard the remix to ignition <laughs> that song's a fire it's really really good <laughs> if you <laughs> Urge. I, I I hope that any of that was helpful. I think that we probably just frustrated literally a hundred, if not more people. Um, if you want to support us on Patreon, so we can say more dumb shit while we're on our podcast soapbox, it's Patreon.com/sidepole. Uh, next time we are here, Cap will be in Europe again, and uh, the time zones will be different. But uh, this is this this will be out on Tuesday, and I think that we'll be back to our uh, more regular, predictable cadence. I know. That that the last like couple of weeks have been just like a little bit off by a day or a whole week. So uh, pardon pardon our construction uh, and give us money. Patreon.com slash sidepull. Anything else, Cap? Or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to press the yeah, off keep, button. Keep giving us money for the bad job that we're doing. <laughs> Perfect.